Praise God. Okay, so I tried to title this, How to Avoid Uselessness. But no, it's not that deep, don't worry. <laughs> I was just trying to copy Pastor Zach. He's like, his topic are always very... <laughs> See how all of you said, wow. When I now finished teaching, you know, so... <laughs> all right, glory to God. Actually, that was what was in my mind, is how to be useful in the Lord's hands. So I want us to go through just how to avoid uselessness. You know... Um, uh, a lot of us on earth or a lot of lives um, I see every day you know when through my daily activity when I go out and all that a lot of people that I just want to hijack them <laughs> I want to go with <laughs> with force and hijack them like your life can be better than this <laughs> I don't know if that happens to you but sometimes I have that um, passion and zeal I just want to hijack them. Or somebody comes to speak to me, be mistakenly, and then I'm like, Jesus is the only solution. So I like want to hijack the person from whatever the person or wherever the person is into Jesus. And sometimes, then one day God told me and explained to me that, you know, when I came to the, calm down, when I came to the earth, I was God. And I came to die for everybody's sin. <laughs> and when I came, some people received me. Some people refused me. So, you just do it. Because I, I can be very passionate and very zealous. I, I, most of the time, don't look at how I feel. I, I'm thinking about you. So, I want to hijack you. Wh- wh- whatever I feel or whatever I'm going through, it doesn't matter. What matters is, do you know Jesus? Are you with him? Is he with you? Does he know you? And life can be better than this. You can enjoy life. So I had to go with that zero, and Jesus told me, calm down. <laughs> when I came, some people refused me. Some people took me seriously. And I didn't, you know, I didn't collapse at that, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, I was fine. I came, I died, I left. The people who received me, received me. The people who would not receive me, did not receive me. Even though his sole desire is that all men should be saved. So that gave me deliverance. Personally, I'm just sharing my own personal deliverance. So I retired from <laughs> running after everybody and using a hot love and, you know, fashion and all that. You know, so it's controlled by the spirit now. <laughs> Praise God. So, yeah, I want us to see Second Corinthians 3. Twelve. Twelve. So we we'll read 12 to 18. Therefore, since we have, Father Lord, thank you for your help tonight. Since we have such hope, we have great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly at the hand of what was passing away. So please, um, it's Bible study. So today I remember that it's Bible study. And in Bible study, there will be question and answer. So if you don't follow me, I'll just call you <laughs> and ask you a question. I'm just make, preparing your heart to stay with me, okay? Um, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly on at the, thing, at, the end of what, at the end of what is passing away? But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the whole testament. You know, I could have read it from the beginning, but I, I want to think that we know the scripture a little bit. And for those that don't know, um, you can go back home and look into Second Corinthians 3. Read the whole chapter, okay? So that you can have a fuller distance. Um, the, okay, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Did we see that? You know, there's a scripture that says, I have it written here, but let me just paraphrase now. Um, oh, the veil is taken away in Christ. So there's a scripture that says that. Okay, let me, let me just stay here first. When Christ came into the scene, then things became very easy. So, you know, the scripture that says that in these, these things are not mysteries anymore. I was praying one day and the Lord was telling me that this lie is for you to know these things. The word of God is not hidden any longer. 
it is now reviewed. Do you get me? So if you open the scripture and you find out that you're having difficulty in it, it's not okay. You can pray for understanding, okay? It's, it's not aging. It's not supposed to be mysterious anymore, yes. It is now reviewed. It was in those days that you can say maybe it was like in the Old Testament, it was hidden. Do you understand? And when Jesus came, some part of it was hidden because he would talk to them in parables. And then the Holy Spirit explained to me that I can know, you can know all these things. It's now for you to know. So ideally, when you're studying the scripture, you ought to then know and understand what you're reading. If you're not understanding it, then go and talk to God. That's why there's prayer. Go and talk to him. I don't understand this thing. It's like gibberish. Or it's looking like, even though it's in English language, but it's looking like Hebrew and Greek. <laughs> Please, can you explain to me, Lord? So you can actually know it because it's not, it's, it's not anymore. It's, it's not a mystery anymore. It is now revealed. It is opened up. So let's go back to my scripture. I just want to, you know, just say in plain terms what that word means. The veil is taken away in Christ. Christ is the revealed word. So it is not hidden anymore. Next verse. But until this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on the heart. Nevertheless, when, the, when one turns to the Lord. So this scripture I'm going to. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Praise God. So, um, there's nothing I'm doing actually. I just want you to ruminate over the word when one turns to the Lord. Do you get? Just want you to think about it. So, when one turns to the Lord is, of course, English language, but it's a lot of things all together. Praise God. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The veil is taken away when one turns to the Lord. Okay, go to the next verse. 17 and 18. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. I'm excited that I am being transformed. I'm excited that my turning or our turning is not ordinary. You know, when I came to the house, I had this inspiration in my heart. Like, I could perceive the greatness of everyone in the house. I could literally perceive it. The greatness of every soul. And you know, it's not ordinary that you're coming for Bible study, Sunday services, of course, which is the study of the Bible again. Looking into this thing, praying with one another, gathering together. It's not ordinary. Something is happening to everyone. There's something that is happening inside you. That if it were opened up to you to see, you see that change is going on. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see that change is going on. It may look like it's every other day. It's Wednesday again. It's Thursday again. It's Friday. I'm at work. I'm on the road. But change is going on. This is happening to you. You are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Are you excited about that? I am. Okay. So let's keep saying. But, you know, let's see 14 again. I want to show you something in 14 just because it's Bible study. Let's see 14. 14 says, but their minds were blinded for until this day the veil. I just want you to stay in for their, but their minds were blinded. So I want to see Mark 4. So this is Mark 4. We try and read it so fast. Can we do that? So I maybe Bola should try and read because I want a little bit of speed. Mark 4, just start from here. Yes, 
but read so fast. But even though she's reading so fast, do not. Okay, let's read together. I think sometimes when we read together, we, we kind of are carried along, right? All right, so let's do that. One, two, ready, go. Perceive and hearing, they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and sin. Amen. Just a, a little bit of post. That scripture I wanted to see in collaboration with the other one I read. You remember that part I read in 14, that second? You can see the two together. So <clears throat> you are not part of those people <laughs> who are blinded. So that's why we pray for the opening of the eyes, the opening of the ears. Okay? So it says, but, okay, go back to Mark, yeah, the 14th, okay, 12. Seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear, not understand. It says they should turn and their sins be forgiven. That word again, turn, and their sins be forgiven. Okay, so stay with me, keep reading. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm grateful. <laughs> you helped me. I'm sure you're enjoying the scripture, but you're helping me also. So, you see, here it says, those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. So, you have a part to play when the sower is about sowing the word. Your part is accepting it. Right? This is scripture. Your part is accepting it. If you refuse the word, you won't be able to do the other thing, which is bear fruit. That's simple enough, right? So you can see different categories of hearts. Say ground. The ground, of course, interchangeably is hearts. You can see different categories. Whichever category, I want to be in this category. I'm sure everyone wants to be in this category, right? Or you like the other categories. 
I want to be in this category where it is very simple. Those who hear the word, we are all seated like this, hearing the word. As I'm teaching, I'm hearing the word myself. So, as we all sit like this, my prayer many a times is that we fall into this category where we hear the word, accept it. Once you accept it, what will happen is you naturally bear fruit. So, let's go back to Second Corinthians 3. That's why we, we so much prayers. We so much prayers because sometimes you can find yourself in some of those categories. Um, the riches, the sinfulness of sin. Do you remember the categories? Cares of this world. Receiving with joy, excitement. And then it falls away. One, the devil comes to steal it. One, it is choked. So it's not like he didn't come for the word. Do you understand? It's not like you didn't come for the word. It's not like you didn't receive the word. It's not like the word was withheld from you. Jesus, who is the sower, didn't withhold the word. He didn't withhold the seed. He was about sowing the seeds. He's doing his part. But you see, this is the earth arrangement. The arrangement of the earth is that some fall by the wayside. Different kind of things happen, which is what we read earlier on. But as the sower is going about sowing the seed, the word of the kingdom, this is his um, desire, his plan, is that as he's sowing the seed, first of all, you, are, you understand that this is the word of the kingdom. Second, you understand that the sower is the seed is for you. Then you understand that you ought to accept it. It's not meant to be refused. You understand? So it's just a sower going about doing his job. That's why I said that, that my deliverance story earlier on. That the word of the kingdom, when it's sown, is not going to force it into the ground. It's not going to tell the ground, you this ground. We are now receive this seed. <laughs> Do you go about sowing? I planted corn before and beans. <laughs> I didn't tell the ground that you must yield me fruit. <laughs> I didn't go about forcing the ground to, to yield or to receive my seed. The sower's job is just to go about to sow. So that's why we pray a lot. We pray in the spirit a lot. So that the heart, the ground, can be softened to a point where it's received. You accept the word. You see? So when I was praying earlier on, I was just making intercession. That the word of God meets a good ground where there can be acceptance before bearing fruit. You see? Because I found out that a lot of seed has been sown. Past years, I've been under the word severally. I've heard a lot of things. But when I check my acceptance of the seed, my acceptance of the, of the word, I realize that there are some words I refused. Some words I pushed aside. I'm like, maybe another day. <laughs> but the sower has been going about sowing the seed. But it depends on you. And you see this... Um, I've taken it away from my that's okay. You see, this acceptance and bearing of fruit it doesn't affect the sower, it actually affects us. So, he's sowing again. So, let's go back to my scripture, which is 2 Corinthians 3 12, down to I think you can stay in. 16, let's say 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So, I want to use an icon here. And it's in Exodus 3. That's Moses. We all know the story of Moses. That one day he was going about and then he saw a bush burning. You know, scripture or 
I don't know if it's Bible I saw it, but preachers will say that, you know, he's been seeing the bush burning. Well, let's read it. And the angel of the Lord appeared. No, two. Two, three. Just show me two, three. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So, like I've heard some people say that the bush regularly burns. You know that when the sun is very hot and the leaves are dry, sometimes they catch fire if you are used to this kind of... So, Moses typically might have seen a couple of things like that, like the bush should just catch fire and then burn, all this kind of thing. But this time around, the Bible says, but the bush was not consumed. Well, let me show you what really happened. This is Moses now. This is, I will now turn aside. It's like what I was saying earlier on, that the word of God has to be accepted. This is Moses saying, I will now, at this time, turn around. Now, this is different. I will now turn aside and see this great sight. He recognized that it was not normal. This one is a different one. It's not just any bush burning. And you know, sometimes the Lord is around us. Many times. And it's a great sight. But we don't take that decision. Like I said about the sewer. It is your decision to accept it or to refuse it. Another here again, you can make a decision to turn or not to turn. You see what happened, of course, you know the story very well. So, I'm sure if I give you the mic, you can also just teach it. But I want to show you that Moses made a decision. I don't want you to lose that word, decision. Because it's only you that can decide to make your life useful or not useful. There's nothing God can do about your decision. I want you to appreciate that <laughs> the Holy Ghost is not going to fall on your laps to change your mind. I want you to appreciate it. That's why man was given the will to take decisions. It means that you're not a puppet or a robot who is going to be controlled by the Lord. Do you know that this bush, let's read it again. Let's continue. In the next one, it says, I will now turn aside and see this great side why the bush does not burn. Let's see the next verse. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God what? So the question is, ah, what if Moses did not turn? So that's always my question. You know, I've been at different junctures in my life and I'm wondering, if I didn't turn, of course, I won't be here. <laughs> and you know one thing about turning? Turning is every day. Turning is every day. I'll show you. Don't worry. There's a scripture I'll show you. I think I put it in my notes. I want you to also appreciate that the devil aims at your soul. You know, I was thinking today and meditating like all day because my kids were on me. One was on my head. One was on my stomach. One held my leg. <laughs> so I just turned it to meditation time. <laughs> As I couldn't move to do anything. So I was thinking all day and I was thinking that you know that the devil does not want my car. It doesn't have any business with my trade. It doesn't concern himself with my trade. Do you think as you are doing business now, the devil wants to spoil your business? Okay. All right, I get it. I think you think that the devil is after you. <laughs> he's after your business, your marriage, your car. No, he's after your soul. If he can touch the other things to get your soul, he will touch them. So I realized today that I can have a lot of money and be very wealthy and it does not concern the devil. 
But if he knows that that wealth can get him to touch my soul, he will touch the wealth. Everything that your soul is attached to is what it touches actually. So I was thinking, I'm like, wow, the devil doesn't have business with how well I'm doing in life. He doesn't have business with that. Do you know, it is, I want you to understand also that it is lost to the devil. If he's after every material thing. You understand? Kill of every gain. <laughs> There's no gain for the devil. So, if the devil is a businessman, what do you think he will be after? We answer the question. If you think that the devil will succeed at his business, what do you think he will be after? Your soul. Your soul. The soul. The soul is the devil's gain. The soul is after the soul. Not even your health is the soul. No wonder the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. I think if you're a smart Christian, one of the things you protect is your heart. Do everything in this life to protect that heart. Because that's what, if you buy anything from you, if you will transact with you, is your heart. So the devil aims at your soul. Even if you don't have money, even if you don't have everything you desire in life, it doesn't also affect the devil. As long as your poverty, I say poverty, (laughs) as long as your poverty also affects your soul, ah, you will get your soul. I think you're getting me now. If your poverty touches your soul, if it's affecting you, the devil is, is gaining. So it's whether wealth or poverty, health, good health, as long as it has a connection with your soul, anything that the devil can use to get the soul, it touches it. So I want this thing to, what I just said, I want it to stay behind your mind as a Christian. Let it be something that you keep dearly, that information let it be something you keep dearly so that you can understand whether you are bounding or abasing. It does not affect the devil. It's your soul. It's how your soul is doing that is his concern. When your soul is gravitating towards the Lord, it is affecting the devil. So I want to see. Okay, let's see. It says the Moses turned aside, he made a decision. So every decision we make in life is either to turn to the Lord or to turn away from the Lord. Whatever you do, whether you turn to the Lord or like Moses would be going about his business, about his daily activity without turning to the Lord. Stay with me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whatever you are doing without turning to the Lord, you are turning away from the Lord. This is our daily reality. So I said turning is daily. I also thought that it was maybe a once in a while kind of thing. But I realized that turning is daily. You have to turn daily. So it says, Moses made a decision. He said, I will now turn. Every man and every woman has the privilege of that decision. Do you hear what I say? Like you will face that decision every time, whether you will turn or not turn. But if I will be a counselor to you, by the grace of God, I'd counsel you to turn because there are other things behind your turning. Do you understand? If you do not turn, you will not know the other reality. And you can do anything on earth and be anything on earth 
without realizing the other thing. See what God did. Say God called to him. So I figured, God called to him. You know, this Allah, you can be living your life without turning every day to the Lord and not hear God call you. I, I could be going about my business and I'll be successful. <laughs> but there's another reality. Look at it further. From the midst of the bush and said, Moses, 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 Moses. <laughs> and he said, the ability to even respond to God is in your turning. So I, I may also be thinking that as I'm going about my business, I'm saying, Lord, thank you, bless you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I could be thinking that I am hearing God call me and I'm responding. But until I turn, I'm able to answer accurately. Look at the next verse. Then he said, do not draw near. Take off your sandals. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Do you know the difference between God and our head? The realm of God and my head. The Lord God, they say, is holy. Is separate. It means it's another place that is completely different from where we are. It says, immediately that voice came out. It says, take off your sandals. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. That's the reality that we all must know when we turn. Where you stand is holy ground. I want to experience this in my life. Before I see Jesus face to face, I want to have experienced this. Next verse. Moreover, I said, I am the God is introducing himself. The God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and Moses hid his face. For he was afraid to look upon God. Let's see the next verse. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of, you know, let me not get here first. Let's just take it gradually. You can see what turning can do. There's another information you don't have until you turn. So, I can die just like that. If I don't turn, I can die just like that without getting that information. I, I, I don't know what I'm saying to me. I might not be shouting and screaming, but it's a reality to me. I'm passionate. There's, there's something that is inside me that I'm, there's a fire inside me. I can't explain what I'm, but I have a little bit of understanding. Just a little bit. So, so I can be anything on earth. I can be anything on earth. Like I can be the highest, the greatest. And there's another information I don't have. I want us to see um, Luke 22. 31. And the Lord said to Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan, what? Let's read it together. Satan, what? Oti <laughs> Yoruba. I used to read Yoruba Bible, so Satan has what? Asked for you. Another translation says that he may sift you. <laughs> um, I will need the help of God mm. to live on this earth. I will need the help of God. I will not joke with my life or play too much. Satan has what? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Just like Satan is asking for a lot of souls. Jesus told him, Simon, Simon, this one is not that I'm guessing or I have a word of knowledge. Indeed, Satan has asked for you. 
So you can understand that Satan is not playing with you. Satan is not playing anything. If he gets a chance, just a spot to get your soul, he's not playing with you. Oh, see my Jesus. Let's see the next verse, 32. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have returned, you know this translation, another says turned, converted. One translation says converted. And if you have turned, if you are converted, strengthen your brethren. So you can understand that turning is every day. You know, Peter was walking with Jesus on the face of the earth. <laughs> oh my God. It says, when you are thou, when, when thou art converted, strengthen thy burden. Converted means turn. When you return. I want you to understand that turning is a process of repentance. That's why I said it's every day. You must turn. When you open your scriptures, you must turn. So then when we read the scripture, we turn. We don't just read the scripture for reading's sake or to mark an attendance. We read the scripture to repent. When the kingdom of God was announced, it was announced with repentance. So when the kingdom of God is advancing, or rather, when the kingdom of God has come, John the Baptist said, the kingdom of God is now here. But the next thing he was saying was, repent. Repent. You see, it was not just in the dispensation of John. It was not just that time. That's what I'm saying. That announcement of repentance is still ongoing. Because the kingdom of God is away from the kingdom of men. It's not the same thing. They don't meet. So when you meet the kingdom of God, what you do is turn. When you open your scriptures and check what is about the kingdom, what we do is turn. So I'm giving you other words to replace turn. Repent. Be converted. So I want you to build a culture when you're studying your scriptures. Build a culture of turning. The Bible says that We tremble at his word. And when I check that word tremble, <laughs> it's a serious word. Is that when the word comes, we tremble. It means when the kingdom meets with us, we can't even stand. We have no feet to stand. That's the meaning of tremble. You can't, you can't, is it that you collapse or you, you are about to? So we turn. The word of God is not something to joke with or something to memorize or something to just have somewhere in your mind. It is the only way the Lord can conform you. So we turn, right? We turn. But like I said, Moses made a decision. So every time we have to make a decision, you either make the decision or not. And you know what? God is gracious. He, he, he wouldn't even beat you if you don't make the decision. <laughs> he wouldn't beat you. He wouldn't do anything to you. He's not like me. That I can conk your head. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. You understand? That's just man's way. <laughs> God will not force you. And Moses said to himself, I will now look I'm praying that I have a heart that is like this. A heart that can tremble at his word. I can turn. At every time I meet with the Lord, I can turn. I can adjust. I don't think there should be anything. My prayer is as I'm living on earth. I don't think there should be anything the Lord brings to me that will be difficult for me to do. I don't think there will be anything. Whether it's going to be um, a shameful thing. Well, that's in my language. In God's language... It's good news. <laughs> it's good news. But I don't think there will be... Do you know that 
When we are 50, we keep turning. But so when we are 60 years, we keep turning. Turning never ends. The conversion is ongoing until you see Jesus. So do you know that there will be matters that as you're growing old, when you're 70 years, the Lord will still come to you. And you'd have to turn. You'd have to say, Lord, I repent. And I turn. I change. I am converted. So there is no old age with this thing. There is no old age. There is no big boy or big girl. <laughs> because Okay, let's see Luke 22 again. Let me see 39, 41, 39. Luke 22. Let me see what's there. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, what? Let's read it together. He said to them, our temptation is daily. So, you see, that's why I can't understand why people cannot pray in the morning, cannot pray in the night, cannot pray in the afternoon. Because the temptation is daily. It's ongoing. Jesus, they beg in disciple here. Pray. That's the same Peter he warned earlier. That Peter, the way you are living ordinarily. You know, Peter was living ordinarily, blinded. He couldn't see. Peter did not have the privilege of the information that the devil wants to sift him. It was because of Jesus' love, he gave him that information. That Peter... I know you don't know, but the devil has a plan to get your soul. Okay, you don't believe me. Let's see. Don't worry, I know you believe me. <laughs> Let's see Matthew 27. Let's see his brother. Matthew 27, 3. When morning came and all the, when morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. No. Uh, three to five. I saw that the story was plenty. <laughs> I don't have all that time. Twenty-seven, three to five. Then Judas, this is brother. They're all brothers, right? Yeah, they're all brothers. His betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful, good, watch you, and brought back the thirty. He actually returned that silver. To the chief priests and elders, watch. Saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, uh-huh. what is that to us? You see the devil. I'm not saying that this is the devil. I'm saying that the devil is <clears throat> crafty. You know, he can use anybody. He can be in anything. Hey, what is that to us? You see to it. <laughs> now you, <laughs> you see that sinned. Now, is you that sinned? Is you who realized your sin? Saying, okay, no. Uh huh. Uh uh. Don't confuse me now, please. <laughs> I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that was? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed. And he went and what? I wish he was also previewed to that information. That the devil, you can see. You think that it's only Peter that the devil was after. <laughs> so when they give that information to Peter, they say, ah, Peter, look, look, look. <laughs> you know, that's how we might be sitting here and be thinking that way too. Yeah? It's, it's cuckoo, Peter. The devil, the devil is about to sift me, ke, me, my Jimmy, Jesus, my, my G now. <laughs> the devil is about to sift you. He's after your soul. But he was not privy to this information. And there was no prayer, unfortunately. Jesus may, may have even prayed for him. I don't know. But he couldn't follow through. He just went and hanged himself. The difference between these two is turning. Peter also made the same mistake now. 
Tiela stand. But each hand. He made the right decision. So you know, we all make mistakes in life. We all do many wrong things. But when you make that mistake, you turn. There is grace when you turn. Then God called Moses, Moses. He said, don't worry about your mistakes. Moses, Moses. So you can respond. Then he gives you your ordination. He made announcement to Moses what he's going to do. You wouldn't think that God has a lot of information for you. You know, you wouldn't think. The more you turn, the more he speaks to you. Then one day you now have an encounter with him. Like, God, you have this kind of plan for me? Ah, uh-uh. They should have told me from when they gave birth to me now. You know, now we are going 40. And there are some things you are beginning to see in God. You are realizing that you have a destiny. And there are certain things you ought to do for the Lord. But you are realizing it now. Maybe if they had told you when you were 18, you'd be more serious. But now you're realizing it. And as you're realizing, you're like, ah, why did you tell me since? It is turning. The Lord was in that fire. But his voice wouldn't come out. Until Moses made that decision to turn. If I don't make that decision, I won't get that information. I want you to see Romans 12. You can see the ways we, we go, we turn. You see what happens to, the, okay, let's read it. Romans 12. Let's see it. I beg you. I don't like the word besiege because it's very far. <laughs> I don't even know what language that is. Is that also English? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I beg you, dear four brethren, by the message of the Lord, but you see, the way I'm saying it, I cannot do it more than that. If I kneel down on the floor for everybody now, and I roll, roll like this, or roll like this, you know that it will not change anything. <laughs> As I was praying for this message, I was thinking about that. I mean, I should kneel down. I mean, I should cry. Maybe I should just pretend like I'm crying. Oh. Then everybody will not say, ah, this, ah, ah. <laughs> Don't worry, we turn to the Lord. <laughs> But it can't work that way. You know? <laughs> when you live here, you still have to make the decision. <laughs> so, even if you pity me right now as I'm crying, when you leave church and you go to work on Monday and on Tuesday, it's only you and God, then you will need to make the decision to turn to him or not to turn to him. I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy, if I have tried, I've tried my best. I've spoken to you, I've done this. Okay, I beg you, by the mercies of the Lord, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, or only acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is one of the ways we turn. Now, I like what media is doing. All those things they are putting out. They're going to cause trouble, I tell you. And they're coming for you. Just be strong. <laughs> Just be strong. And it's not hard. It's not like when they knock on you, not be very strong. No. Before you sent out the word, <laughs> you should have been strong. <laughs> before you sent out that communication, you should have been prepared. You should have known what you were saying before saying it. So, Bible says, be but if you're not being conformed, then you must be doing something. If you refuse the world, then there must be something you're doing. Because some Christians may refuse the world, but they are doing nothing. I've been there too. I was not filling myself up with anything. Uh, like, ah, uh, me, I'm not of the world, though. Me, I'm a one again Christian. I'm a church girl. In fact, my dad is a pastor, and I'm a pastor's child. <laughs> I'm just telling you what the things I've done before. <laughs> but I was not feeling myself. There was no transformation and there was no renewal. So it's not okay, it's not only okay to say that I will not be conformed to this world. It's just, you said it's just a talk. 
Like everybody's looking for something to say. You said say something. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You said that the devil is coming for you. Because if you're not conformed to this world, he's angry with you, number one. And he wants to see how you survive without being conformed to the world. So if you're not feeling yourself by renewing your mind, ta 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 The devil has slapped me before. If you slap, you cannot survive. You will need to run to Jesus. <laughs> you see that Bible that you refuse to read? To change your mind, you will go back there. <laughs> Everything that they're telling you, they're saying, ah, you know, this is how they do it, oh. Hey, this is what the kingdom of God says, oh. The kingdom of God says this, oh. Jesus says, do this, oh. And you are not doing it. Ah, you will come back there, oh. One of these days. <laughs> I told you the devil is after your soul. So, me to have, I said, ah, Mo, all this word I'm just using my mouth to say, I want to be conformed. <laughs> I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So, I opened my Bible. I started reading it. I started reading the Bible. Today, Bible study. It's very simple. What I'm reading the Bible. I started reading the Bible. Ben, that's all I'm doing. I'm still doing it. Quite a lot of things in my life is not aligning with the scripture. So I'm aligning. The more I see it, I repent. When I read it, I turn. I'm not, I'm not a Christian who marks attendance. That's, I'm too old. You, you understand? I was going to do 40th birthday. Uh, you may say it's far, but it's very close to me. I will not be 50. You understand? It's a useless life. You understand? Transformation. Renewal of mind. So I made a decision. Because the last time I didn't make that decision to turn, the devil dealt with me. So I made a decision to turn. Since I've been turning, he cannot touch me. This is the only thing he cannot touch. Ancient words. That's the only thing he cannot touch. Find it out yourself. My sweethearts, that's the only thing he cannot touch. You renew your mind by the scriptures. Those are ancient words. Those are the words that form the frame of the world. The earth is actually standing on the word of God. When you're renewing your mind by it, you're not just reading your Bible for reading's sake. To tell your friend you read your Bible, don't go read it. Once you begin to turn and repent... then God will give you the assignment. It's not hard. It's not an assignment to hold the mic and preach. <laughs> There's an ordination hanging over every head. Because it's God who created. So it doesn't just create flimsy. It doesn't create just for one way. I just need a child on earth. Let me just, send, let me just throw a child. Let me just throw a baby. No. Every child, every baby comes with an ordination. So when you were thrown to the earth, when you were sent, there was an ordination on you. But how do you know the ordination? Then one day Moses decided to look. What is this great sight? Immediately he looked. I wish that God would have had mercy now and those said something before he looked now so that Moses would not miss it. But God is not anyhow. He also wants you to turn. God wants you to choose him. The renewal of the mind is your choice. If you want to change it, change it. If you don't want to change it, it's okay. But don't worry, some people are changing it. I said, God, you should have had mercy now. Ah, You had this great assignment for Moses. Moses was a deliverer. And do you remember that God said, I will make you a God to Pharaoh. So Moses had that kind of capacity. And he was going about the ship, keeping ship. And God now is, is completely unfair. For you to have, you didn't say anything all the while. I, mean, I think it's unfair. God was just there. With the burning bush. But the leaves were not consumed. 
He created a presence around everyone. He's created around everyone. There's only the presence of the Lord because he's your father. He's your source. He's your maker. So Moses told himself one day, he just told himself the truth. I said, ah, today, ah, I will now look. I will now look today. This thing I've been seeing in this Bible, I will now check it. I will now consider it. Then he turned. Immediately he turned. It was as if God had been waiting. God had been waiting. It didn't take a second. Immediately, Moses, Moses. Here I am. Then he started downloading what he would do. God has a download for you. <laughs> From him to you. Because he is your source. He's the one who formed you carefully. So what you came here to do, the information is with him. That information, the only way to get it now, is to go to him. Not to come to me. If you come to me, I will give you diluted information. I can say, Buya, you come at a shirt. You know, men's business, they pay because they only they pay away. Buya come at a shirt and native can join. Natives can, okay, I'll if you resort. No, see, I'll make go. Diluted information. <laughs> and I'll say, think deep, think deep, think deep. There's something you can do. <laughs> That's diluted information. But when you turn to the Lord, He will give you an information that no man can give you. He will call you what no man has called you. You will get that information from me, not from me. <laughs> All of us are turning. I am also turning. The more I turn, I get more information. I'm like, oh, wow, this is also there. It's part of it. It's a little here and a little there. You keep changing from glory to glory. From glory to glory. The renewal is from glory to glory. You have to keep changing. Pastor, there is no holiday. There is no day. We won't change. We are changing every time. As we behold Jesus. Jesus is the reason why everybody is seated like this. The more we behold him, the more we are changing the more we are looking at him. And the more he gives you, he allows you, you know, God allows you to enjoy your life, actually. He allows you to enjoy yourself. But you must keep beholding. You must take time out to behold. Dimiji, no matter how busy we are in life, we must take time out to go and consider again. To go and check. God attends to people who pays attention to him. Don't forget to check. Don't forget to behold. Don't forget to turn. Moses was busy going about whatever he was doing. I'm also busy. You are also busy. Moses went like that. But until he turned, he got those information. So you have an ordination with him. No one can give you that information. No matter how hard you try. That's why we pray in the spirit. We pray in the spirit. We spend time to pray in the Holy Ghost. To find out that information. To find out that information. To find out the mind of God. Because it's the Holy Spirit who searches. It's the light, like the light of God. It searches. It brings from heaven to your heart. It takes from heaven to your heart. What you do and whatever you be, how you be, your whole framework is with the Spirit of God. The more you pray by the Spirit, the more it searches how the mind of God puts in your mind. Searches how the mind of God puts in your mind. You know, someone, I was, I was making a joke one day. I, I think I learned it from a teacher of mine. That if, you're, if I was praying for Uncle Tunde to be my husband. Father Lord, I believe you for Uncle Tunde. Just Uncle Tunde, if Uncle Tunde can just be my husband. Father Lord, I trust you for Uncle Tunde. I believe your word. Your word says you ask and it shall be given. Give me Uncle Tunde. Then I don't make mistake and I'm praying the spirit more. As I'm praying the spirit, my God, the Holy Ghost say, Am I for you, Uncle Tunde? Am I for you? Am I for you, Uncle Tunde? Ah, Uncle Tunde, I see one day join. He cannot be joined. That union cannot happen. Am I for you, Uncle Tunde? So when I, I heard that, I say, ah, I'll be praying the spirit more. Because there are a lot of nonsense I'm praying about. You know, I told my, I don't even know the things that I like or the things I don't, I don't even, you know, some things I like them. I found out that, ah, 
It's not so good, though. I'm telling you. I found that I like something so much. Very natural thing. And God wants to say, enjoy life. My friend, I pray a lot about that. After I pray, pray, pray. The thing will not come. When I now, maybe eventually, God wants to help me, help my mind, and give me the thing. I because you think I come there. So I started praying more in the spirit. I prayed more in the spirit. Pray more in the spirit. Then the mind of God will come to your mind. Then your taste board will begin to change. Your taste board will be changing. Then you begin to understand the kingdom and love the kingdom. So we pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. I just want us to thank God for tonight. just want us to respond that the Lord has helped us tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping us, Lord. Thank you for helping us, Lord Jesus.